Avengers! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. This is your episode for May 8th, 2021. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, and a yeehaw to you, Christian. Yeehaw, okay. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what, what's the occasion? No occasion, just a, oh. just a, a hearty, healthy yeehaw to you. Well, how about a yippee kaye in your direction? <laughs> I'll take it. That's great. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny because when you said that, the first thing I thought of was those Western skins. And I was like, that's yep. not in the shop this week, right? I was like, no. But <laughs> well, yeah. I got some insider information, Christian. <laughs> oh. No, of course not. Oh, yeah. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, are you surprised that I've been playing a hell of a bunch, hell of a bunch, that's a phrase, of Apex Legends recently? I am not. I. It's funny because I wanted to play with you and uh, Mike Connors, host of Jedi Knights, the other night, and I, it was like a midnight thirty when I was able to log on, right? And I looked and I saw nobody was on Discord, but I saw you and Apex Legends, and I was like, Jack's grinding. I respect it. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike got off, and I was like, all right, I'll get off soon too. And then I proceeded to come play like the. Uh, arenas the new mode and also battle royale mm-hmm. so yeah uh new seasons got me what about you what, are, what have you been up to well uh you know on the marvel side not a ton uh it was star wars week you know may the 4th or into the 5th bad batch Hell dropping yeah. so the the focus on media was star wars for the past few days but i did hop into avengers this morning to check out the brand new event which we will talk about in a bit uh, and of course, we will be going over everything coming to the game this month, including maybe more MCU skins, the Red Room Takeover, and uh, some insight into what they're doing to tee up the next event, as well as a update for the MCU release schedule, updated dates, some new titles for Phase 4. But before all of that, we'll kick the show off the way we normally do with Fury's Report. If you want to dive into the game this week, you can check out the low power level mission Along Came a Spider, one of the Black Widow iconic quest line missions. For some guaranteed drops, high power level, you can do up from the depths, which I believe is that northern Canadian mission that also spawns from the Black Widow quest line, if that's correct. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. We'll um, never know. I vividly remember that mission, like a base rose from the depths of the ocean in Canada, because, you know, Canada has an ocean inside of it, apparently. Mm-hmm. The Harm Room Challenge will net you Black Widow number 5 from 2010, big Black Widow focus this month, and the Marketplace, Jack, is continuing this trend. What What is in the Marketplace? Why don't you run through it? Yeah, very, very much Black Widow focused. Of course, the Red Room takeover is at some point at the end of the month uh so kudos to crystal dynamics i think we've been talking about sort of the marketing uh strategy and synergy of releasing content for this game that's focused around stuff in the mcu um and of course the black widow movie was supposed to come out around this time got delayed to july um but still this is a taste i think of things to come so the first thing that they list in the marketplace update is a Avengers Endgame uh, Black Widow outfit. Now, this is the first MCU-inspired outfit released for the game. And I think 
to me, this is the most detailed skin in the entire game. What about you? Yeah, I I love it. Um, I, I think Widow, outside of like the white suit that we're gonna see in her new film, um, hasn't really had an iconic MCU look. Like she has the gauntlets, I think, in most of them with the electricity. But other than that, the suit is kind of like whatever. But the Endgame one with like the Nightwing batons sticking out of the back, I really enjoy. So I'm glad that we got that. Um, I will say, because I feel like we should mention this, the subreddit has been in a spiral for a while now. Um, mm. Specifically about this skin, uh, Hairgate is something that's going on. I haven't looked into it a ton, but uh, mm-hmm. people are just very upset that you, you got like nine steps out of ten, and then the tenth step they didn't do being the hair, not being the hair from Endgame, which like, sure... I understand that you're paying $15 for a skin in a full price game, but at the same time, like I, I'm, I'm not excusing it, I guess, but like it's, it's, it's Avengers game widow just wearing the suit. So like I, for me, it's not bothering me. I don't know how you feel about it. That's a good point because we have talked about this where these are MCU inspired skins and they're not going to look one for one to the, outfits that were actually seen in the mcu they're gonna look pretty close and this looks very close mm-hmm. uh but you're right the hair is different now as the experienced video game developer that i am yes um i'll tell you exactly how this outfit was created they started at the feet christian right mm-hmm. and they started working their way up they got to the shoulders and it was it was april 30th <laughs> and crystal dynamics or square enix went to crystal dynamics on the big uh telephone that they have in the office and they were like, hey, you need to get this skin out. It's May. It's almost May. And they're like, well, we only got to the shoulders. And they're like, too bad. Just th- throw it out there. So they couldn't get to the hair. So that's that's what happened, unfortunately. Yeah, well, there you go. If, if that still upsets <laughs> you, that's on you. I'm sorry. Um, I, I do sympathize with that, though, because yeah. the most iconic look for her in the MCU, I think, is her look in Endgame with the red and blonde hair mm-hmm. um the ombre yeah good call <laughs> with the ombre hair mm-hmm. and uh i think that would have been a really cool addition to the skin and it is sad that it's not here it's not a deal breaker i think the skin itself is like i said earlier incredibly detailed if you just open up the preview in the game um i feel like you, this is more detailed than anything we've seen before like from her the outfit in general down to like her belt buckle and her belts and everything has seams everywhere and i feel like they did a really good job with this skin maybe aside from the hair but yeah overall i think it's a really great skin yeah i agree i'm tempted to buy it even though i haven't really played a ton of widow since like widow is my main for the beta and i really love how she plays and i played her a lot around launch um but really haven't since then but i do like how it looks so we'll see what happens i got some credits banked up i got probably like four thousand sitting in some challenge cars that i just gotta grind through so i'm I'm considering it do you think you're gonna go in on this or no i was with you i'm super tempted and the the thing that they got me on was the huge png of avengers endgame like on top of the skin Mm -hmm. which, which just looks very appealing and i was like oh man I'm thinking about it, and she is one of my level 150 characters, so it wouldn't be unreasonable for me to drop some credits on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I probably won't. I'm definitely a hoarder when it comes to the currency in this Me game, too. so I'm yeah. trying to save it for when I really want it. But I was definitely tempted because I think this looks pretty great, and I think this is a great first step um, for the MCU-inspired skins going forward. Yeah, does it give you uh, faith? I mean, I know Iron Man is your main, so are are you hopeful about the Mark 85 from Endgame having that translate well? Yeah, I think this skin in particular has shown me that these are the super focus for the skins um, going forward. Like, they want to nail the MCU skins, and I'm sure not all of them will be as great as this. Some will might be better some will probably be worse but um this skin showed me that crystal dynamics is focused on really having a detailed looking skin um for that premium price so yeah i'm i'm pretty hopeful and um i'm confident that at least in this department of the game that they are very much interested in like nailing it at a hundred percent and uh yeah Mm -hmm. i'm pretty confident going forward yeah I'm very curious about Thor because Thor is one of my mains and I will get to it later, but I played Thor again today and I missed playing Thor. Um, but I, I don't really love how Ronan looks in Endgame, so I'm probably not going to pick that up for Clint. Uh, but I'm trying to think of like Thor's outfit from Endgame, right? Like there's the one at the beginning of Endgame and then there's the the fat thor from the end battle right with the dual wielding i like i feel like his iconic look for that is like he has a gut and he has the braided beard and very long hair which again hairstyles i don't know how that would shake out because otherwise from memory his endgame suit to me just could look like something that's already in the game right now i'd have to look at it again but it's like questionable to me yeah i would say i would have said that about the um the widow skin or widow outfit from avengers endgame Mm -hmm. because like what you said she doesn't really have a distinctive looking outfit really in the comics or the movies as far as i'm aware um but i think what sets this skin apart from the other skins in the game for widow is that just the level of detail like what i've been saying um Mm -hmm. it it kind of blew me away because it, it looked distinctive even though it looked very similar to a lot of the other outfits uh, that's available to her so i think with the thor example i'm looking at the um jumping ahead a little bit i'm looking at the red room outfit for thor right now mm-hmm. um and it would probably look somewhat similar with the like the circular emblems on his uh outfit i believe that is how his skin looked in uh or his outfit looked in Endgame. but i would imagine there would be like intense level of detail that would probably set it uh apart from the other skins Sure. You know what, Jack? You gave me hope again, so I'm glad. That's one thing to be hopeful for this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I Yeah, I'm looking at the hot toys right now of Endgame Thor, and the gut is not as pronounced as I remembered it being. So if they translate this, yes, I'll buy it. I, I would love the braided beard, but we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that, that needs to happen. We need it really does. Like, I think even more than the widow thing, because the widow thing is like, oh, it's just hair. Like, this is like Thor never looked like this before. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. So, um, but you mentioned the Red Room skins as well. It looks like we have another uh, grouping set of skins this week. Uh, kicking it off, I think they said it's inspired by Black Widow's Moonlight or like Red Moon outfit, Blood Moon maybe. Uh, 
that is the black hair, black suit with red accents, they decided to take that skin that's already in the game, you may already have it, and then create a line of suits for every hero inspired by that. Because if you log in right now also, the main menu is taken over by the Red Room, which I really like how that looks. I think it's a cool main menu right now. Yeah, I do too. Um, they're really going like full bore on the, the Red Room takeover, even though at the end of the day, I can almost guarantee you it will just be a Red Harm Room. Um, yes. But still, aesthetically, like what you said, um, I think it looks great. And yeah, these skins, like what you mentioned, are based off of um, that black and red skin for Black Widow. So that basically means all these characters are having a black and red skin of their own going forward, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And I'm really surprised by the level of consistency with releasing team outfits. Me too. They've been doing it like week by week since March or April, maybe definitely after Hawkeye. And I was very surprised by that. I thought that would be pretty sporadic, but at least for the past few weeks and months, they've been pushing out a lot of these group outfits and some haven't really hit for me. Um, Some of these in the red room, group outfits are better than others they look sort of they're 900 credits they look more like they'd be 400 credits in my opinion um but some of them look better than others i do like the iron man one i probably won't get it but i I do like the look of it um but yeah i'm i'm pretty happy with the quantity of group outfits that they've been putting out i'm pretty impressed by it yeah i'm right there with you uh where Again, I don't love every suit from every initiative, but I am glad they're doing this because it makes something consistent. It makes it exciting of like, hey, what could you do next? I think similar to, again, Avengers Endgame, I think it could be also very cool if we eventually get the time travel suits uh, as like a another wave of MCU skins and do with the team initiative because those are all the same thing, right? And I just, I'm glad there is that uniformity if they want to monetize the game this way for it to, you know, continue to be a thing that gets support and new content down the line. They do have to make money off of it. And on a business side, I think making the, the team sets is a smart call because at the very least, it's a consistent output of something that feels like there's more effort behind it than just a recolor. Even if it's funny that like this set is kind of based off of a recolor but i do think that some of these skins are good like the thor one i like you know it's not the best thor skin i've ever seen i don't love the helmet but like the the chest piece with like the rivets alongside of it i think that looks great um captain america has something interesting going on we're like (laughs) (laughs) i really want to talk about that one yeah he's got like a one of those like beauty frozen gel masks that go over like your forehead and eyes and nose area and that's it (laughs) like he he looks like so he's wearing essentially the u.s agent uh outfit from the end of falcon and the winter soldier Mm -hmm. that's like the closest comparison Mm -hmm. and you're right he has like this black face paint over from like his nose up and he looks like Rambo. Like, he looks like he's straight up going to creep out of the shadows and murder someone. Um, mm-hmm. It's very disconcerting. Uh, not a fan of that one. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the other ones, I think they're good. I think it's a consistent set. Um, Hawkeyes, I liked as well. It, uh, it's the, like, 
the face mask one of Hawkeye with the sunglasses or the goggles and it's red and black. I do wish, and I, I've seen this in the subreddit, which I agree with this one. Um, for the recolors of Hawkeye, I do think it'd be nice if the arrow fletchings were like yeah the color of the, what they were going for. Maybe that was the intent at first. I could have sworn I saw different colored arrows at one point, but I think there might have been an issue and they were just like, screw it, we're not going to do that um, for now at least. So maybe in the future I'd love to see that updated, but overall I'm happy they're continuing the momentum of this. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm with you in the fact that I'm not going to buy all of these or any of these. Um, it, it will be a case-by-case basis. I don't think I've really gotten a skin in quite some time yeah um but i am glad that they are pushing forward with this even though yes this is the hey we're releasing these for you know this is a way for them to make money obviously um and this is a there's something to say about this being a a full price game and then also having a bunch of microtransactions uh, associated with it after the fact um but their skins and their cosmetics and um, I don't really have that big of a problem with big games having um, uh, purchasables after the fact uh, if they're, you know, cosmetic. I think that's fine. Um, and I think they've, they've shown, especially with the MCU-inspired skins, that they are looking to add some more detail-oriented skins to the game. Um, and it, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that this is a, a focus of theirs. I agree. And one other one I wanted to shout out because I thought this this made me laugh. Because a couple weeks ago when we were talking about um, the ideas for potential team sets, you know, it's summertime. We, we talked about like a swimsuit line or something. There is a Kamala Beach Day outfit, which maybe is hinting at a summer-themed line of suits for the heroes eventually. Yeah, um, I'm excited at the prospect um for kamala it's just her in her like your usual outfit i would Mm -hmm. say that's pretty consistent across most of her skins that just has like it looks like a wave at the bottom um so that's fine uh i hope they get a little bit more racy with captain america perhaps (laughs) yeah they got a shirtless one already so yeah i that that's that's what i want to see maybe with thor i think thor would be a really fun one and like swim trunks and some flip-flops for sure, dude. Like, make him like a surfer bro. Like, poopy yeah. shell necklace, like some some flip flops. Uh, yeah, please. Sunglasses, that'd be too good. Um, also, we're gonna get into this now. Uh, there is some red room stuff continuing to seep into the game because there are nameplates as well. There are character specific nameplates in the shop alongside some for the event, which we will get to. But in the War Table blog this week. There are some updates, so we're going to go over some update updates. First up on this list, because again, this is the last time I'll bring it up because it's a newer thing. Uh, Crystal is shifting the War Table blog to have more of a focus on transparency and regular updates, even if there's nothing new to share. Uh, This week, they highlighted three specific things. First up, they said development on the Cosmic Cube event is on track. They are currently implementing a boss fight and objectives unlike anything in the game so far. Now, we have maybe, like, probably less than 12 seconds of footage for this uh, Cosmic Cube event that is going to be hitting 
in the summer and beyond section of the war or the uh roadmap where are you expecting that to land for you in terms of your excitement jack because they're talking about it differently from an omega level threat it seems like maybe a culmination for the monica thing with the future imperfect stuff like what's up with you yeah i'm sort of confused by what this is gonna look like because the tachyon anomaly event has sort of tempered my expectations and anything that's not an expansion i was expecting just to be or a character upgrade um or addition i was expecting to be like a tachyon anomaly like event where it's just like hey do these challenges uh that are centered around this particular theme that we're going for and get some more rewards but like what you said it does seem story-based with uh monica and the fact that they're saying there are objectives unlike anything that currently exists in the game seems like we're that to me that strikes me as new missions and compared to the tachyon anomaly that is uh significantly more content than we got with that event so um it seems like it's not as much content as maybe a new character drop but more than attacking an anomaly yeah that's sort I, of where I, i'm at i think it's gonna be maybe a slightly expanded version of a villain sector and i believe they've teed it up that way of like hey it's a confrontation boss fight with um monica and this this will bring with it a Monica villain sector. Um, but new objectives, I think definitely, to me, makes me expect, like, sort of the stuff you would do for a Mega Hive of, like, hack the servers, break this thing, kill mm. the elite team. Like, something that would fit into that grouping, but not what we've been doing for the past seven months. So... I don't know what that looks like. Maybe a survival room of like, hey, survive until this timer is done. If you go down, you got to wipe. Like, stuff like that. That's like, my mind goes to Destiny where this was a big problem early on with Destiny. They eventually made this better. But like, Destiny 1, almost every single room was like, either clear out the enemies or uh, survive while your ghost is hacking this door. So, like, in a similar way, I think Avengers has that issue where since launch, the main objectives are stand in this area to hack this terminal, uh, take out the elite team. Like, what I said, anything from a Mega Hive floor. I'm hoping them saying objectives, unlike anything in the game so far, means a new wave of stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's a really good call, and it's probably more accurate, um of what it actually will probably end up being dlc for games tends to add newer spins on what you've already been doing or new additions completely like the one that comes to mind um which isn't the best example it's not a one for one but in the left behind dlc for the last of us they implemented the gameplay mechanic of humans and uh infected fighting each other in the same area which wasn't present in the main game for the last of us uh so games just like with new edition tends to add new uh gameplay elements to sort of spice it up um trying to think of arkham city doing that with the harley quinn dlc i can't think of anything in particular but along those lines so yeah i think you're totally right i think it will probably be um like what you said 
getting from A to B, but doing that in a in a new way. Yeah, which honestly, I'd kind of be happy with because I've come to the point where when I play this game, it just it's not muscle memory, but it's like going through the motions, and I'm okay with that because I still have fun doing it because I just think it's fun to blow up the robots. But yeah, having a new way to go about that i think would be welcome close to a year in you know so yeah i agree and hopefully these new initiatives would maybe bleed into the rotation of the mega hive or something you know but Mm -hmm. speaking of the mega hive they said their other current focus at the moment is finishing multiplayer mega hives and the first of the omega level threats let's start with the mega hives because mm-hmm. this is something you and I, I think, both struggled to achieve for a couple weeks around launch. But then we finally did it. I have not gone back since I did it that first time. No, they're totally not worth the effort. It takes hours to do. Um, it took me like three hours, I think, to do. Yeah, man, it took me a long time. And you get a random assortment of exotics now. It's great that it's exotics. I don't think it was at first. Maybe yeah, it was. It was um, not guaranteed at first. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Um, but yeah, going through like a three-hour gauntlet and being kind of stressed the whole time because you don't you want to get the exotic for the character you're playing as currently. Yes. And if you die, you have to restart with a different character or keep going with a different character. Um, so it's kind of stressful. At the very end, you really don't get what you you might not get what you want and it's oftentimes more disappointing than the effort necessary um i gotta be honest if multiplayer mega hives did not make it into this game i would be totally fine with that um i don't think unless they were like hey you can like choose your rewards for some reason um i don't think you and i would be incentivized to go through a three-hour gauntlet together just to get a certain thing um i I would not be upset if this didn't make it into the game. Uh, clearly, that is a focus that they're going for, and uh, I know some people want this. Uh, it's not something I really want. I don't really find that much fun out of doing the Mega Hives, but some people do, so I'm, I'm glad they're at least talking about it. What about you? Yeah, Mega Hives are something where I like them on paper. Like I like the idea of having this gauntlet that is very difficult, and it rewards you with an exotic, but I think the issue is that again it's more of a systems level thing like on a ground level of i think gear is not rewarding enough to warrant this where like i would love to really care about the build of my thor but i know i can just melt people with my lightning and i'll be happy my hammer my gauntlet my tunic really are inconsequential i know at a certain point in the game I was chasing ones that just buff specific stats, but I was not chasing specific gear because I could not tell you any of the exotic gear sets in this game. Um, yeah. So there's that level that makes me uninterested in playing the Mega Hive, but introducing Mega Hive multiplayer, I think, would honestly give me a reason to play multiplayer more because. The concept of a multiplayer Mega Hive, I think, again, not being able to see it right now, is just you're making this impossible thing better to experience because you're relying on your team, which is what the Avengers are supposed to do. So, like, I would much rather 
run a mega hive with you than do it solo even if i wasn't super invested in what my reward was because if you team up for this very challenging gauntlet you imagine it would be more manageable you know and you could plan it better and everybody could have their role similar to something like a raid which again is a ways out it seems like but i think multiplayer mega hives at the end of the day we'll see how it ends up but it's something that would incentivize me to want to play multiplayer more often sure i i definitely see your point where it would um take the stress off a little bit because yeah. it wouldn't just be you have that one life and if you lose it you have to continue on with a different character i would imagine you get revives a certain certain amount probably um, like two or something yeah but uh like i guess it would be better for me personally playing with someone else um to get through this I don't think I would because it, it's a lot. It's a lot of time, like three hours yeah. for a random reward is very time consuming and not worth it. Um, yeah. and like, but I'm sure there are people out there, uh, groups of two or three or four that have been wanting to go through a gauntlet together. And on paper, like what you said, it does sound really interesting to go through all of these floors together as a team. Um, so yeah, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are looking forward to this. I, I'm just not necessarily one of them. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say, you would hope and imagine that splitting up the, you know, they'd probably have to scale it for different levels of players or, and, like, different numbers of players, I mean, but you would hope it wouldn't take the three hours fully if you're playing yeah. with other people, right? Because, like, if I'm running a Mega Hive solo... And my, like, old stupid level tw whatever Hulk that can't do a thing is just running around like an idiot versus you with your Iron Man melting people with your laser, me with my Thor melting people with thunder. Like, that would, you would assume, make things go by quicker. So, we'll see. Again, they could scale it to just make it the same experience of time and difficulty, but we'll see. Totally. The other thing here, though, which I think is probably something you're more interested in, is the first of the Omega level threats. Now, I have a fun little game. Which one is it? <laughs> is it is it the super adaptoid fight? That, that would be silly be at this point. That would is be it, so silly. Is it the cloning lab? Which one is it? Dude, if they came out and just dropped the super adaptoid, which, by the way, is just a villain. That yeah. is just a villain. I don't buy the Omega level threat of that. It's just a villain. Um, if they drop that before the cloning lab, I would laugh. Because who is really looking forward to that right now? I don't think there's a significant portion of the, the very small dialed-in audience that is really waiting for the super adaptoid fight, which is just a villain sector. Like, that is not the Omega le level threat that the cloning lab probably is. Or if it is, then the cloning lab is just a villain sector, and I have no clue what the Omega level threats are. Yeah, because, like, the Omega level threat, I think, it's such a weird banner, because, like, at first we were like, is that the raid? And it's like, no, it's very clearly not. Then it's like, okay, so is the cloning lab, like, the multiplayer equivalent of the single-player Mega Hive? Uh, TBD. And then they introduced the super adaptoid fight, which 
at launch in the story, it is a villain sector. And I believe the original intent was to launch a villain sector into the rotation of the Super Adaptoid and then an Omega level threat version of the Super Adaptoid fight. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, so is Omega level threat just like power level 160? Like it is, you got to be max level 150. It's 10 higher than normal. And it's just really difficult. It's really skill-based at that point. And what your build is like, is that what Omega level threats are? Because that sounds like content I really want, right? For my 150 characters of challenges that are so far above them that I have to work with the team for and I have to be like smart about how I play it. So I'm okay if Omega level threat spans a bunch of different types of content, but I'm right there with you. It would be silly at this point, I feel like, to just drop the Super Adaptoid before the Cloning Lab, which Cloning Lab, we've been waiting on since September. Like, the Super Adaptoid fight is probably going to be done sooner because it is literally, it is just a villain sector. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, we'll see what happens, right? Like, worst case scenario, I don't play the game for a week. That's what it's been like for a while. So like, I don't, I don't know how burned I could be off this. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping it's the cloning lab. I Me think too. that's what the game needs. Uh, my expectations for that are lowered than I think they were a few months ago, mm-hmm. uh, based on recent content releases. Um, but it does seem like the first somewhat substantial multiplayer content for the game, which is weird. It's past six months at this point, and multiplayer is very much not a focus of this game right now. So. Yeah, Omega level threats are hopefully the shot in the arm that this game needs, and Cloning Labs probably is more likely to be that than the Super Adaptoid. Yeah, remember when we thought that the Wakanda expansion was going to come out in May? Yeah. Remember when we thought that, like, two months ago? <laughs> we still don't know when that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, I just, Jack, I truly just hope that you and I can raid in Wakanda by December of this year. That would be great. That'd be wonderful. The final update, though, for this week's blog, they said, we love the positive reaction to Tachyon Anomalies and looking into what this means for future events. There will be more info in the Red Room Takeover in next week's blog. Yeah, not a lot of positivity from us, <laughs> at least. But um, I'm glad some people are, are liked that event. So that, like, I have to wonder where... Maybe I was not too harsh, but maybe I just had expectations mismanaged, which again, like, is a constant issue with the game, but... Yeah, I don't know if that's your fault. Yeah, I I, I think, like, maybe it's because we were waiting for the roadmap for so long, and Tachyon Anomalies were, like, this ambiguous thing, because we had a Tachyon thing in the past, it was the first thing following up Future Imperfect, so, like... I was expecting some level of context around it, which when we talk about the Red Room Takeover in a minute, like, I think out the gate, I'm already more on board with this Red Room stuff than the Tachyon one. But positive reaction was surprising to me. You know, maybe it's just like, you know, the marketing, because there probably are people who enjoyed it. And I did see on their blog tons of pictures from the event of like, multiple Captain Americas standing in front of a flag in Jersey and stuff like that. So 
I'm sure it was a welcome positivity of, hey, I'm glad me and my best friend can both be Iron Man. Uh, maybe that's what they're looking into for future events. Regardless, I think taking the what worked and what didn't work out of Tachyon and looking to future events of that scale, I think is good. You know, they're receptive to it. Yeah, totally. I think you're right. The positivity, the positivity was probably more focused on the fact that people can play as whatever character they want in any yeah. combination uh, with a group of friends or just randos if they wanted to. Um, that was probably the positivity, and I'm hoping they just let that be the standard soon. I think that'd be a pretty big win for the game, even though it, I think personally that should have just been a day one edition. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise for the Tachyon Anomaly, I wasn't the biggest fan of, I mean, there wasn't really any new content associated with it. It was mostly just the fact that you could play as any combination of heroes. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they were, like what you said, receptive to it. And I'm hoping they just sort of add that in at some point, just as the standard ability to play with whatever combination of heroes you want. Yeah, and if not that, I also wouldn't be surprised if Tachyon Anomalies is a returning event. You know, maybe when there's some lulls uh, between major content drops, it's like, hey, they're back, squad up with your team however you want, and maybe the next time we get a Tachyon Anomaly event, there is some context, or like a couple audio logs or something, which uh, honestly, man, I know, wait, are there audio logs in the game? Yes, but the thing is, there are way too many of them like no you're right the, yeah. the arkham series had a very manageable amount of audio recordings that were really interesting if you go to that tab i think it's the codex tab yeah um, in marvel's avengers there is so much stuff in there um yeah. and it's really overwhelming i don't think i've ever listened to anything or read any of those because at this point there has to be over 100 and it's very it's very scary. I I, yeah. I mark all as red or just scrub through them all, and then that's it. Yeah, which it's a bummer, right? Because like when I was playing through that campaign, I was picking up every single audio file I could, and I was like, oh sweet, this is really cool insight. Like there was a legal case where like Banner testified against Tony and stuff like that, and there was some drama with the Avengers before A Day, and then the response after A Day, and more insight into this version of Tony, and like there was some really good content to build this world in there but you're right it's it's just hard to manage there's so many of them i don't even know if you can play them while you're playing the game but like give each avenger an ipod you know and just like you can queue up all of them as a playlist when you're going through like because i do like this take on the marvel universe right i'd like to learn more about it but it just seems so cumbersome to experience all that which is a bummer yeah i agree so however Right now, there is new content in Marvel's Avengers, so why don't we talk about the Ruskaya Protocols, which is running from May 6th to May 20th. Uh, I had no idea that there was new content until, like, yesterday when they posted this blog, but, um... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a pre-Red Room event, in a way. Yeah, which I kind of love, but I will read through what we have officially on this, we can discuss it a little bit in comparison to Tachyon Anomalies. Currently, sure. uh, there are new mission chains with animated nameplates achievable for each team member. Uh, the context for the event, 
shutting the window quickly because there's a truck outside. Um, <laughs> a virus has infected several AIM synthoids. Its origin is unknown and untraceable, but the name Ruskaya Protocols is embedded in the data, indicating a potential connection to the vast harsh tundra of Siberia, familiar territory of Black Widow. Collect protocol chips from AIM Tech to unlock this mystery. Uh, there are a couple different mission chains under your objectives tab, which is very similar to what happened with Tachyon Anomalies. However, like you said, Jack, this is building up towards the Red Room takeover that will be coming on May 20th. Um, I did do a little bit of one of them. An example is uh, Protocol Vault, right? Now, in Protocol Vault, there are multiple different objectives to do. You have to complete a vault as any hero three times, collect uh, Ruskaya Protocol chips from Fallen Aim Tech with Black Widow in the team, either playable in the strike team as another player or just there as an AI. That you have to do 300 chips, but I believe those carry over to every single challenge in this list. Um, for this one specifically, defeat enemies with Thor's Warrior Fury, defeat enemies with Thor's God Blast, defeat enemies with Thor's Bifrost, and you're rewarded with upgrade modules and an animated team nameplate. Now, this one is Protocol Vault. There's one of like, uh, I think Protocol Sectors, uh, a couple others like that, and they're each associated with a specific Avenger and getting challenges done with their heroics. So, personally, compared to Tachyon, I think this is a way better setup for running challenges in an event of this scale. How do you feel about this? Because I think they are similar. Yeah, so I actually think they're very similar, um, but these are more single-player focused, so y you and I wouldn't have to squat up to do the Tachyon stuff. Um, or do these challenges like we would have for the Tachyon stuff. And you just read off the Thor challenges, so that would be the challenges for Thor. And then for me, I would probably focus on the Iron Man stuff and get the uh, animated nameplate there. So it is largely the same, where it's not new missions per se, it's more challenges. And then once you complete enough challenges in this mission chain, you get like what you said, the nameplate and the upgrade modules. Um, so for this being a prelude to the Red Room Takeover, I think it's cool because it wasn't really marketed as an event. And to have these sort of interludes before the meet of the event, I think is nice. It's nothing substantial, obviously. It's pretty similar to Tachyon Anomalies challenges, but... Um, it's cool and it's it's nice to have like a whole month of an event pretty much because this leads right into um, the Red Room takeover at the end of May and it's from the once you boot up the game it's just all red at this point and um, it's cool it's a nice like aesthetic change for the game and it um, it adds yeah like it just adds new uh, aesthetics and challenges to the game I suppose and uh it's nothing huge, but it's a nice little addition, I think. Yeah, I, I think what you're going with here, like, I'm with you where it's just, it feels like there's momentum at this point. Like, 
I think what our biggest issue with Tachyon Anomalies was we were expecting a thing out of it, right? And even if the Red Room takeover really is, like we're saying, it's just a red harm room, I think building to that with, like, a couple weeks of challenges to make you play the game, uh, you know, the theming of everything, like, there is the red menu screen, which is very superficial, but I think it sets the tone. There's the red room-inspired outfits for everybody. There's the Black Widow endgame suit. And the way they're talking about the red room takeover, it's specifically going to be detailed more next week, but... What they have in the blog this week says Red Room Takeover will begin on May 20th with players attempting to survive Yelena Belova's Harm Room Challenge. Now, Yelena is Florence Pugh's character in Black Widow. And I forget if I read this somewhere or if this was a leak, but it I think they're going to have like some dialogue for the Red Room Takeover from her, like probably over a loudspeaker as you're playing it or something, but... A survival red room challenge sounds really cool and even if it is just a one and done or if you can repeat it a couple times but maybe there's only value to playing it one time i think it makes it feel like a bigger deal if like you said all of may is dedicated towards building to that because you're in the game i think you have a reason to play it right now it is very similar to the framing of playing the game the way that tachyon anomalies did it but it feels more cohesive this time. It feels like we're building to something, even if that thing is just, like I said, a simple harm room. It, it's fun, right? Like, if Tachyon Anomalies ended with a big mission, even if it was, like, a 5-10 minute mission, I think there would have been more buzz around that, of like, oh, I want to be there for it, you know? I want to, like, experience this new way to do challenges and then finish it all off with this fun little thing. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think of these like the their so-called events as what the what Apex does with their limited time modes where they'll bring in a new way that changes a battle royale in a not insignificant way but nothing too crazy and they have challenges associated with that limited time event for a few weeks and um you pop in, you do your dailies for that event challenge and you can unlock skins and um trackers and stuff like that so it's nothing too big but it it is something to get you back into the excuse me something to get you back into the game and it does seem like that is the approach that crystal dynamics is taking with these events where they're not big content update excuse me updates but um they are just something to get you sort of playing the game and there's new aesthetics associated with them so Mm -hmm. um i i think my expectations are more managed now and i'm going into this with those in mind um and yeah it it does seem it does seem like a cool thing to get you back in yeah and again at the end of the day it is just superficial but i think the way this is packaged is much more appealing and maybe it's also paired with my expectations post tachyon anomalies but like whatever happens with the red room thing i'm gonna have fun with it you know and if i I like popping into avengers already here or there but doing it now of like oh i have a reason to play a store and i can get a cool nameplate out of it and there's no stipulation of needing to line up with another player which 
I understand for the time, I think they probably wanted to incentivize multiplayer because they wanted to test the multiple heroes route. It just wasn't something I wanted to do. But, you know, I, w- I would like a reason to play the game multiplayer, just not something that's like, oh, challenges, you know, where I like doing challenges already for the challenge card, the dailies, now just having more single player stuff to do that is themed with everything, you know, building hype towards the Black Widow movie, building hype towards this event that is taking up May, and then the theming. I, I'm... On board for this one. We'll see how I feel next week if I play any more of these challenges beyond what I've done already. But I think in the future, these scale events having a build up just makes it better if there's something to build towards. So, yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, I guess a tiny little Stark Realities check in. You're still expecting the Red Room to just be. A red harm room with like 10 rounds to it yes i think that's probably what it will be um which is fine knowing that in expectations of what that will be having that in check um i can only be surprised going forward sure so that's a good thing um i <laughs> this reminded me of like with them saying attempt to survive um yelena belova's harm room challenge i was like oh this is like what I popped in the game once, and it was like, uh, take a look at Jimmy Woo's new yeah. experimental harm room. So that's sort of what I that that's sort of what I jumped to. Um, but if it is just the red harm room with, I don't think we're gonna get new enemy types. It's gonna be the aim robots for whatever reason contextually. Um, and if we get that, and maybe voiceover like what you said, or like little cards that you read or whatever i think that's what i'm expecting i think that's fine obviously it's not big content stuff and it's not we weren't expecting that um but it'll be a fun thing to jump into for a bit um jump around as black widow which is cool i like having like a character focused event so that's nice um and i like playing as her so yeah it's it's a small thing that i'm looking forward to yeah i'm right there with you i think it's the best way to look at it you know so just hope one day we get that Asgard-themed event, follow up on that fake Thor, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I did play this morning as Thor, like I said, and I don't know why I left him behind. I, I not, Every time I play the game coming up, I think I'm going to just play as Thor because uh, I'm trying to convince another one of my friends to get in, right? He's going through the MCU. He's a big fan of Hawkeye. Now, hmm. I think I... If I have to sacrifice my position as Hawkeye and then just go back to Thor, I'll be a-okay with it as long as more people are playing the game. Sure. (laughs) You know? So. But that is everything in the news for Marvel's Avengers this week. So, meanwhile, uh, Jackie, want to run through the small stories first and then go through this big sizzle reel? Yes, that's a good call. Okay. That's a good call. So, firstly... Loki has a new date. We put out a, or Marvel Studios put out a little 45-second teaser with Tom Hiddleston talking up, being real cocky, loving Loki, saying that, like, oh, uh, Wednesdays is the new Fridays because Loki is now releasing on June 9th, not June 11th. 
This is probably because the Bad Batch is coming out on Fridays for the foreseeable future, probably till August. Yes. Um, I didn't know that the Bad Batch, until recently I didn't know that the Bad Batch had 16 episodes in yeah. its season. I thought it was going to be similar to the Clone Wars um, series finale, which I think was around, well, I guess that was around like 12, yeah. so never mind. I was expecting around like 8 to 10. Me too. Um, but 16 is like, that's a pretty normal um cartoon season length and for disney plus at least they haven't released big seasons like that yeah uh, as far as i'm aware so yeah i think you're totally right it's they don't want the sort of conflict on disney plus of every friday uh having uh two big shows going back to back against each other um i don't know which one would be the more popular show because loki is a pretty He's a popular character for sure, um, but he's not like a bi- he's not like a big Captain America like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm sure will have done more uh, impressively than Loki will do, I imagine. Um, but also, the Bad Batch is a Star Wars content, but that's a pretty new team, and not many eyes would be on that as much as like the Mandalorian, for example. Um, so it is it is funny that these two niche projects would distract from each other so it is cool that we're getting we're still getting two things a week but loki's just gonna be focused on wednesdays and bad batch on fridays so it's a good move on disney plus part i agree uh i kind of hate the idea of waking up on a wednesday morning and watching an hour of a marvel show though (laughs) honestly like hate lowercase h like i'll still do it and i'm probably gonna love that show because i love tom hiddleston right but it just brings back what we were talking about last week of like just once maybe try doing a show like at because if you're doing it on wednesdays now like <laughs> why not do it at 7 p.m you know <laughs> like, yeah i i love the friday wake up watch disney plus content that's great and i'm gonna lo- i did that this morning for bad batch we're recording on a friday mm-hmm. and that was great um but there's something there's something so great about sinking your teeth into a longer TV show on a Friday. And yeah, you're right. It it's gonna feel weird on a Wednesday. It's just gonna make my week feel off. But um, I guess it'll be better for this recording. <laughs> be we won't yeah. be as pressed to watch something, even though I never felt like we were anyways. But right. Um. Yeah. It's it's cool that Disney Plus is willing to mess with its schedule to make sure some things get um more light than. Uh, releasing things both at the same time yeah for sure and we're probably going to see this mimicked in the fall when we have book of boba fett and hawkeye or ms marvel running at the same time so right get used to it get used to waking up on a tuesday morning probably and watching hawkeye (laughs) yeah yeah people on the the west coast will be watching uh loki at midnight on a tuesday or i guess midnight on a wednesday which would be 11 59 on tuesday which is strange yeah like i'd prefer that honestly like I- i'm fine going to bed at 1 a.m on a tuesday <laughs> yeah i would yeah i would totally be with those people just staying up at night um mm-hmm. i did that <laughs> for the clone wars uh like first episode of the the very end arc of the season finale mm-hmm. um and i stayed up till three in the morning because i was like oh we're getting the good stuff but mm-hmm. yeah that's not that's not an every week situation yeah, because see, I, I thought about doing that with, like, 
WandaVision's final episode or the final episode of Falcon or even Mandalorian, right? But, like, then I thought about it for a second. I was like, I get very excited about finales if they're good. And if I start a finale for a show I really love at 3 a.m. and it ends at 4, I'm not sleeping because I'm just going to be thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to. Yeah. So it, it's still a tricky thing, but we're working around it. Um, speaking of working around <laughs> some issues, Andrew Garfield's in the news for Marvel because NDAs exist, you know, and people got to lie. Did you see yeah. this stuff? Yeah, I, I did. I think it's funny. Um, he is, people have been asking him, obviously, hey, are you going to be in the next Spider-Man? Everyone knows that you are. And he's like, nah, that's not happening. That's just, that's not happening. But maybe, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's not happening. My favorite way he phrased it was like, no, I'm really not. This is paraphrasing. He's like, no, I'm really not. And it, it's, it sucks. I, I don't want people to get hurt of their expectations and stuff like that. I'm not but you never know. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he said, I, I didn't get the phone call. Yeah. That was his phrasing. Uh, but I'm sure he got an email. <laughs> yeah. That's how he got out of that one. Um, mm. the, like I would be surprised if all of the like leaks and reports and stuff of this essentially being a spider verse movie did not come true. Like it's almost a certainty at this point. It's just like something we all admit that it's happening and we just haven't gotten the official confirmation yet. Yeah. Um, we were both a bit, you know, when the Doc Ock news and the Jamie Foxx news came out, um, like those are the two people, Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx. Um, <laughs> we were both a little hesitant on this idea, despite being excited for it, right? Uh, how are you, you doing with Spider-Man 3 right now? Um. So, yeah, at first... You and I didn't really like the idea for Tom Holland's Spider-Man to have the Spider-Verse. It, it feels sort of sho- shoehorned, and it, it felt like Sony was more in charge of it than Marvel Studios was. Um, in a way, I still feel that way, but it's funny you ask that, because this morning I watched an interview of Tobey Maguire talking about Spider-Man 4. He did an interview with someone, and he was just talking about like what they were planning on doing and his relationship with Sam Raimi. And I was thinking, like, if this dude, as, like, a 40-plus-year-old man, came back as Spider-Man and gave Tom Holland some advice in some way, I would probably cry. Because, mm-hmm. because and it, it would be, it would be fan service, of course, and it would probably be fairly cheap. But I'm sure the MCU would do it in a, in a great way to make it worth it. Um, but, like, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man as a kid, right? And if I saw him again in uh his suit teaming up even just for a little bit with tom holland and andrew andrew garfield i think that'd be really cool um i don't necessarily need that i don't need that for tom holland's character but if they make it work then i'm on board what about you yeah i like obviously i'm right like i grew up with toby mcguire also like spider-man one was my first movie i ever owned it was my vhs tape right i like i love spider-man one i have more nostalgia and maybe love for one than two even though two is way better but like yeah i i, I really like tom holland as spider-man i like all three of them andrew garfield i think is my favorite spider-man spider-man like 
in suit Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so the idea of seeing him again as Spider-Man, the idea of seeing Toby again as Spider-Man is obviously exciting, but I'm with you where, like, maybe not for the end of the Tom Holland trilogy. I'm still a little hesitant on, like, especially... There, there's that idea of like, hey, yeah, Tom Holland's been mentored a lot, right? Which I think is a fair criticism to have. I don't mind it, but I always viewed, before all this news, I viewed Spider-Man 3 as a launch pad for him, accepting that he has to be his own person, and then the next trilogy is him living with those struggles of kind of what Toby went through in his trilogy, or Spider-Man the PS4 game of like, debt and rent, and college stuff, and identity problems, like, I, I don't know if, you know, basically another mentorship for two versions of himself, seeing what could go wrong, what could go right, is the springboard I expected, doesn't mean it's going to be bad, but I, I, I do hope that we do move beyond and let him characterize himself more, you know? Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think the next trilogy god willing um if we're so lucky of uh tom holland taking up suit again being more mature would be him just going out on his own and being spider-man with yeah exactly yeah keep him in new york um but i think it makes sense because spider-man like they can make it make sense having the these spider-man as peter uh tom holland's uh, mentors because uh homecoming had tony obviously as his mentor and far from home had um uh jake Gyllenhaal's character yeah. mysterio as his mentor for most of the movie so that is sort of a staple with this trilogy at least for now and i guess that would make sense thematically to, to continue that with these two characters sure um uh, i'm this I think this will be a very divisive movie. I don't think this will be as uh, well received as people think it's going to be. I think I people people are going to be very torn. Like, like Endgame had some very fan servicey moments. I think they were earned. Um, I understand if people think that any fan service is cheap, and I totally would get that. Um, this I think will be a very very clear like, hey, this is kind of cheap, and this does. This doesn't need to be here. We didn't need to get to this point. Um, but again, like I do trust the MCU. Uh, Me too. I'm I'm nervous about this one because of Sony's involvement, mm-hmm. and that they do Venom was so popular, and they were like, well, we kind of want to do our own thing with Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. So a little concerned about that, but uh, we'll see. Last thing I'll throw out there, also in regards of the Spider-Man three, right? Like I've seen people speculate that because this sort of leads into Multiverse of Madness that potentially and you and i talked about uh toby and andrew only being in it for a little bit that maybe this movie triggers an event film that would be spider-verse so like sure at the very end everything comes together and then the post-credit scene is dr strange the three of them which leads to spider-verse in two years or something like if it goes that route, I'd be more okay with it, but I do think, yeah, there's, there's some hesitation here for sure. Sure. Um, and I do like the idea of both of these characters, or both of the actors, really not having the send-off that they deserved, I think, yeah. as Spider-Man. 
And the idea of years later, 10 plus years later for Toby, coming back and getting that send off in some way or another um, will be, it's just nice to have. I think they deserve it. I think they were both really great as Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And yeah, I think it would be a great, uh, a great unifying moment for all of the Spider-Man fandoms. Exactly. Well, another moment that I think is going to be, I'm going to weep because this is going to be a big send off. Uh, James Gunn has publicly said that Guardians Volume 3 is his last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And that's what he's planning on it being, you know, like probably a never say never scenario. But he is very much vocally now saying Guardians 3 is my last one. Uh, Dave Bautista has been in the news recently saying he has doubts about what's the future of Drax in the MCU. Uh, how you feel about this? Uh, well, I, I'm I feel kind of mixed because I'm I'm really glad that James Gunn is like taking himself out of the situation. Um, after like he he feels like to me at least it sounds like this is the culmination of his ideas for the Guardians and mm-hmm. he, like I don't I don't like when projects go on for too long longer than they should have. Um. And it, it's like Lost as an example. Um, yeah. And it, TV it, it, gets five seasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And it, it seems like James Gunn was like, he came in with a plan and the plan was for a trilogy of movies and for the Guardians to appear in um, the Avengers movies as well. Uh, so I'm I'm really glad that he is sticking to that, it, it seems like. So that's great. Uh, but part of me is sad because I don't like the idea of the Guardians being handled by anyone else and i think that will probably happen like i don't imagine the guardians being all dead <laughs> in guardians of the galaxy volume 3 like i think they'll be in the mcu probably after that so um it'll be weird to have those characters being directed by someone else yeah and i have to wonder because like guardians both of those movies are very special to me and i really love them and i'm just i'm glad james gunn got to come back for his third one you know it was devastating when all that stuff happened yeah uh i read that guardians comic from donny cates which i really liked and when that comic started i think that might paint an idea of where we're going with guardians like obviously james gunn planned this he said he's planned the journey of the guardians since the first movie so this is always what he intended it to be with some slight changes and tweaks right uh at the beginning of that comic it is the guardians kind of don't exist anymore it is just star lord and groot together everybody like they broke up everybody had some bad blood rocket went off to do his own thing gamora got like possessed by thanos uh everybody's kind of out and they're all drax is dead like and then a new Guardians team forms with, like, Quill and Groot, but then Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, Beta Ray Bill, and a, a laundry list of others, right? So I could see a world where this version of the team wraps up. Like, maybe Rocket retires because Bradley Cooper's expensive, and uh, <laughs> James Gunn has very publicly talked about how he views himself in Rocket, I think, more than anybody else. So... It feels like we're building to a place where Rocket is the character that gets a send-off, maybe, the way he existed in Infinity War and Endgame. Um, so I, I can see a world where the team, as it exists, gets an ending. Maybe we have 
like Star Lord and Mantis, and then the torch is passed off, and we get like an Adam Warlock and Beta Ray Bill would be cool, and like Nova as the next Guardians team with a new director or something. That's a good call. Yeah, because the characters, these characters are very much James Guns. So if the Guardians of the Galaxy were to continue, I think you're right. I think that would be a good avenue to pursue. Like maybe one or two familiar faces, but mm-hmm. keep the 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 banner of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but with new people for a new director to tackle. I think that's a good right. call. Yeah, and you know Groot is staying, right? Like Groot is too marketable. Yeah, totally. So uh, we'll see what that has in store for us on may 5th 2023 because we have a bunch of new dates for the mcu including guardians 3 finally because marvel surprised us monday morning this past week with a brand new sizzle reel uh i got emotional because they were talking about just the movie theaters and you know like everybody loves the movies and they showed a clip from endgame in the theater uh what did you think seeing the sizzle reel trailer very early on a monday morning i literally woke up turned my phone on first thing on twitter was this and marvel chose to make me cry on a monday morning (laughs) because it starts off like stanley they took audio from um a video he had at one point or another and Mm -hmm. it was about um like the idea of unity in uh our society in general but also in the mcu and they like cut that with um you know people looking at each other and being like hey that's your brother or hey that's your sister or like we're all like one people sort of thing so very emotional um and then they got into all the the new information about the new projects that are coming up new dates and some new footage from uh, eternals and from black widow as well um shang chi as well and yeah it's i was i think this is one of the best <laughs> edited things i've ever seen in my entire life yeah it was- it was really good. You know, Marvel knows how to do a hype trailer. And this is weird because I'm with you. It's like a hype trailer, but it's also like hearing Stanley talk about that stuff, genuinely having not been in a movie theater for so long, which is just an experience I really love, especially for a Marvel movie. Like, it hit me, you know? And like, this is talking about, like, oh, we love theater. Like, some of the text that was coming up about, like, we'll see you at the movie, like, stuff like that. I was like, damn. I'm excited to see Black Widow in a movie theater. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Why don't we run through what we got out of this in terms of the MCU future stuff? Like you mentioned, we got another new look at Black Widow. A couple of cool shots. Florence Pugh being a badass. uh, On track for July 9th. That is not Mm -hmm. getting delayed again. (laughs) No, it's not. It's uh, Um, Disney Plus and theatrical release. So that's I forgot it was coming to Plus. I did too. I kind of want to forget it's coming to Plus. Yeah, man. I'm planning on seeing that in the theaters, and if I can't, like, if experts are like, yeah, movie theaters aren't are still not safe, I'd be very sad. It seems like they will be safe. Um, I'm hoping at least. Mm-hmm. Things are looking okay. I know, like, projections have, like, gotten way worse, and, like, herd yeah. immunity is probably not going to be a thing, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully things will be safe by then. I know I'm vaxxed. I know uh, you're halfway there, I believe. Yeah, second shots and, like, week and a half i think hell yeah so we'll be we'll be ready you and i at least so maybe Mm -hmm. things in our state will be uh good to go so i'm hopeful so any any standouts for the new footage in black widow um not really i really love that new outfit i think that outfit for 
uh, Black Widow is really cool, and I think it's along with her uh, outfit in Endgame with the hair. Obviously, gotta have the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably the most standout uh, uniform for her in the MCU. But other yeah. than that, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm excited though. It's gonna be a. a, a it's gonna be a normie Marvel project, and uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, I, I. It seemed like there was more of a focus on Yelena, and like, I just love Florence Pugh. So I, if there is a torch that is being passed to her for that role of the secret agent for the Avengers, I'm stoked. Uh, but I do think I'm just gonna. I'm probably gonna leave that theater kind of sad, man. I'm just like, man. Ugh, this should have been so much earlier. We should have had a Widow <laughs> trilogy. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it feels if it's good. I'll be sad. You yeah, know? that's that, that's a good way of looking at it. So wanting more. Uh, September third, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. A, a another snippet of new footage coming after the trailer we got recently. Uh, once again. I'm real excited for this one. Uh, Spider-Man aside, probably the most anticipated project they got this year, just because it's probably going to be pretty different and still looks good. Those fight scenes, man, they look real good. Yeah, I'm really excited about the choreography in particular for this project. And yeah, it looks, looks great. Um, some new footage, not all, nothing too um, different than what we already saw. But yeah, I'm still hyped for this. Oh, yeah. Finally, next up, November 5th, Eternals. We got a new look at Chloe Zhao's Eternals, Oscar award-winning director, 2021. Uh, This looks great. I think paired with the news of her winning, any single hesitation I had about this movie is completely gone. Yeah, it's hard for me to really render an opinion on what we saw because we. I think in total we saw about like five to ten seconds. Yeah. Of new, I think first footage from Eternals, uh, mm-hmm. of all the actors sort of standing together. Um, the one part that I thought was really interesting was, just like in terms of like how this CG ended up looking was, a super speedy character coming off frame and then joining the a team for like a team pose. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Kumail Nanjiani is just absolutely ripped now, and that's who he is mm-hmm. as a person now, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I still, I'm, I'm more excited that Chloe Zhao is like she won the Academy Award for Best Director, um, I believe this year, um, and that has me more excited than than what I saw because she's clearly a very capable um, director, and the fact that that caliber of a director is working on an mcu movie mm-hmm. um for an unknown for relatively unknown group of heroes has me really excited and this i feel like the potential of this movie with that fact is uh pretty outstanding at this point and i'm much more excited for that now um than i was months ago yeah i will also clarify when i said looks great i meant visually yeah like I don't know if you saw this, but there was a pretty funny quote that Kevin Feige had recently. Did you see this when he was talking about, like, uh, seeing Chloe Zhao's uh, vision and what she wanted to do with Eternals of, like, natural environments, letting, like, a lot of lighting be done naturally, uh, not a ton of CG. Like, that shot on the beach with all the fog is, like, real. Um, Oh, that's great. 
and Kevin Feige was like, it's like, oh, this was like so revolutionary and it looked so amazing. And I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And now I see this and I see other films. And it's like, oh, no, this is a style. And people were clowning on him of like, yeah, cinematography exists with the real world, man. Like, <laughs> But yeah, I think visually it looks very, very good. Yeah, totally. So December 17th, Spider-Man No Way Home. I felt like a fool because I fully expected to see footage. <laughs> yeah, because we got Black Widow footage with a date, Shang-Chi footage with a date, Eternals footage with a date, Spider-Man date, and that was it. And yeah. it, it it's funny that that was the next one up because that is definitely the one that I think the majority of people are very excited for because um, it's so soon and obviously it's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a little bit of a tease. We're going to get new footage, I think, probably in the sum- summer. Um, mm-hmm. Or any footage in the summer. But, uh, yeah, it <laughs> it was like a very sly tease, I think. Yeah, because I, I think there was also one more of those text blurbs that said, like, worth the wait, and then it immediately showed it. So, like, are they teasing that's going to be worth the wait because we get to see Tobey Maguire again? Oh, yeah. We're know. definitely seeing Toby in that, that first trailer, no question. Yeah, that, that has to be, like, the final thing of the trailer, right? Yeah, like he's going to say culminates. pizza time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about cheap fan service that's going to be in the movie. Someone's going to yeah. say pizza time. That's the new shawarma scene. It's the yeah, three of them yeah. just hanging out on a rooftop eating pizza. That's fine. You know what? Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, next up, though, March 25th, 2022, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness I don't know if this date was official, but we March 25th now will be in theaters for Multiverse. Very cool. Uh, March in the MCU, like, I guess there is precedent for that. There was um, Captain Marvel was, like, in the February to April range, I believe, and so mm-hmm. was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a very strange time to go to the movie theater and watch an MCU movie, but, uh, yeah, it's y- you always expect, like, sunshine and, like, hot weather it's summertime blockbuster but uh yeah they're really spacing these out throughout the entire year because they got a lot of stuff absolutely uh may 6th of 2022 thor love and thunder so very exciting may movie speaking of like sunshine and good vibes there you go absolutely july 8th 2022 we have black panther wakanda forever new title yeah that was one of the bigger reveals, aside from like the new footage for Eternals, was the title for this. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great title, and uh, it, it's weird to like talk about this movie, obviously, because we just don't know what it will actually end up being. And it's hard to speculate, um, but I'm I'm interested in how they're approaching this. Um, from the title, it seems like they're it is more focused on legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, than than most things and i'm excited to see how they uh, approach that yeah and genuinely i'm maybe it's because 2020 just didn't happen but i'm surprised it's this soon honestly mm. right yeah um yeah it's 2023 2022. or 2022 yeah, yeah that yeah that is pretty soon i would have expected 2023 um that that is quite soon i i mean there's still in the writing phase i would have to imagine um Mm -hmm. so i guess they can still uh scrap some things and rework some things but yeah honestly i would have expected like because you know 
when you set up a character like you you for the mcu i imagine they set up characters for big threads and like i would imagine they would have had to revise a lot of things Mm -hmm. um for the character of black panther and for wakanda in general i would imagine um Mm -hmm. so yeah i agree it's it's very very surprising that this is coming out next year yeah i i think this is it's gonna be a wonderful experience but i did not expect it to be that soon because like there's still so much wonder of like what's gonna happen and kevin feige i think the only confirmation is that they're not recasting t'challa so like no idea how they're gonna handle it uh i do not envy ryan coogler but um yeah, the title, I think you nailed it. It's definitely focused on legacy. I bet by the end there is a passing of the torch, uh, and they're probably just trying to make that feel meaningful and earned um, right now. But Yeah. Um, it's going to be a very emotional movie. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, know, <laughs> you know they're going to use the uh, the Chadwick Boseman uh, MCU intro again. Oh, yeah. That movie. Anytime they do that always makes me weep. Mm-hmm. Like with Stan Lee... Uh, with Chadwick, did they add the, uh, the Chadwick Boseman um, intro? They added that to Black Panther on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Was that the first example of that? Uh, I'm well. I think the Stanley one for Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel was first. Right, but but did the Chadwick Boseman intro appear in any other project? I don't recall because he he passed away last year, right? Yeah, it was in September. Yeah, so I think it was just that, and I know they ran like a special on ABC or something about um, right. the shooting of Black Panther and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, and quick aside, we do know that uh, Ryan Coogler is also working on a Wakanda series for Disney Plus. I imagine maybe something that happens here will springboard into that down the line. Sure. But uh, and then maybe we get a proper Black Panther two. But uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. It it seems like that project uh the wakanda tv show is kind of similar like maybe how the falcon and the winter soldier going forward might Mm -hmm. support the mainline captain america movies in a way like you have a tv show that isn't like less than but is more takes time to focus on characters that we wouldn't get in the big movies and then we have the bigger movies that is just like hey this is captain america this is sam wilson's captain america now yeah I I think that's a great point because I have seen since the sizzle reel came out a lot of conversation of like, okay, well we know they're not recasting. In the comics, Shuri becomes Black Panther for a while. Currently, Shuri in the MCU, her character feels not prepared for that. So I wonder if this truly is just a legacy focused thing, maybe more of a dramatic action thing. And then the show takes up that opportunity to develop whoever's inheriting the mantle, you know, just so like it feels like we build to that more. And then we get a movie follow up that is the Black Panther returning or something. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's a good expectation, maybe, because I-, I think it worked great for Falcon and Winter Soldier to position the next cap for a new movie. So replicate it for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, after that, the final movie of 2022, no, that we know of, Mar- uh, November 11th, The Marvels. Now, Jack, what is The Marvels? Hell yeah. This is, um, so this is the sequel to 
Captain Marvel, but mm-hmm. it is not just Captain Marvel. It is Monica Rambeau's Spectrum, I believe she will be called, um, or Photon. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ms. Marvel, all together in one movie. Yeah, I'm super stoked for that. When I saw the title and like realized what it was, I was like, oh, that's a great title. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of confused, and it wasn't until after um, that I realized what it was. And I've mentioned like having issues with carol danvers as a character um i don't think the captain marvel movie really sold me on her character or avengers endgame um but i think the idea of having her in a team-up movie with other characters in like that will share uh, a rapport i imagine will allow her character to sort of um deepen and sort of flesh out her character so that has me really excited because I love Monica Rambeau and I want to see her interact with Carol Danvers and I love Ms. Marvel from the Marvel's Avengers and seeing her being have her own show this year and then interact with Carol Danvers in this movie has me super excited and yeah I it seems like this is like almost a new team in a way yeah that could be very cool if it is a recurring team right like, uh, I definitely think Captain Marvel wasn't perfect. I think, like, most of the MCU, like, it's not a bad movie. I think it's still a good movie to watch. It has really yeah. great moments. But I, I do think, to no fault of Brie Larson's performance, I do think just the the choice to have the this brand-new character who's very important have amnesia for, like, three-quarters of the movie was not great for developing her, but... Seeing her play with a, an ensemble, I think is going to be great, and I do like Captain Marvel, and I'm looking forward to Captain or the Marvels. But I have seen a narrative begun to be spun already. I'm sure you've seen this as well. That I don't know if I have. Uh, it is not called Captain Marvel Two because Captain Marvel was a failure. It was horrible. It offended. <laughs> the the white male nerds of all these things it's like the captain marvel 2 would not do well because it disrespected me and my culture like captain uh, captain marvel made over a billion dollars didn't it it did (laughs) so yeah (laughs) yeah i i saw that a lot over the past week i saw that on tiktok a good amount of people being like "Mm, you know captain marvel 2 wouldn't do well that's not why they did that (laughs) That's hilarious. Captain Marvel 2 would make more money than the already very successful Captain Marvel. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. People are dumb, Christian. People are dumb. They are. Uh, slight aside, but related to this, I don't know if you saw this, but Iman Vellani, who is playing Ms. Marvel for the Ms. Marvel show and the Marvels, mm-hmm. her suit has leaked. Yeah, it looks good. I agree. It's just, it, it seems like the the homemade variety maybe Mm -hmm. um and it looks very it looks very similar to like some of her outfits in uh uh marvel's avengers but um yeah looks cool i'm i'm excited for that project i know this sizzle reel was focused on the theater experience and all the films that the mcu has to offer but ms marvel is definitely um one i'm keeping my eye out for and uh yeah her her outfit looks good in that movie i think yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we don't have a date on that. We know it's like no, probably November-ish, October to December this year. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited, again, getting more 
younger teens in the MCU because I would love to see her interact with Peter Parker totally. once in a while. Um, Kate Bishop at some point, too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so just speaking of Brie Larson, and because Kamala Khan is just so inspired by Captain Marvel and Carol Danvers, like, I think it'd be great if we end the show with a cameo from Brie Larson just to, like, set up the Marvels and just, like, have that moment that we all thought was going to happen in Marvel's Avengers, right? Of, like, <laughs> Carol shows up and, like, gives her the name and is like, oh, you deserve it and stuff like that. But Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Reaching into 2023. Two projects confirmed. First, February 17th, once again, filling in that early year slot that you mentioned, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Hell yeah. Very excited for this one. I love Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, title, I could take or leave. <laughs> it's really <laughs> silly. Uh, but Oh, you know what? I Something I noticed. I, I was re-watching um, Ant-Man and the Wasp recently. Mm-hmm. And Ant-Man has a line in that movie where he says, Wow, you guys just put Quantum in front of everything, huh? And I feel <laughs> like that's, why, that's how they named this movie. So funny. Yeah, dude, I I love the title. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, it's maybe one of my favorite titles we've gotten recently. Um, it's very Ant Man. It's on brand. It is, and I love that about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I guarantee you. I don't know if I can't think of any other Marvel movies maybe that have done this, but well, Thor: The Dark World definitely has. But I would love if like you just get Scott Lang being like this is quantumania at some point <laughs> just like that'd be so yeah. good it would fit ant-man so well yeah yeah it's silly but purposefully silly mm-hmm. so very much looking forward to that uh same year may 5th we said this earlier guardians of the galaxy volume 3 a day where i will be weeping i guarantee you yep um dude 2023 is so far away that's a made-up year is it though it's two years away dude it feels so far away you like, know what happened two years ago this week what's or around end- this time end game end game <laughs> yeah and i also graduated from college yuck yeah um yeah so like in the in the grand scheme of marvel things that's not i mean well that is far away for the mcu in the grand scheme yeah. of life that's not far away yes. um but it it feels it feels so far away it feels so no. far away we still got a whole yeah, nother right. year to get there Mm-hmm. And, like, God knows how many Disney Plus series as well. So, like, we got ways to go to the MC before Guardians. And I think this will be the longest gap for sequels in the MCU so far. Oh, yeah. Because 2017 to 2023? Yeah, yeah I can't. Six can't years for a sequel? I can't think of anything else that had that big a gap. I mean, like, Doctor Strange is going to be close to six years, but probably a couple less months because that was 2016 to 2022. Mm. But, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that is that is strange. Um, I'm, yeah, very looking forward to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny that James Gunn has Marvel and DC just eating out of his plate, and <laughs> he's just like, yeah, Marvel, I'll, I'll get to you. I, I'm, I'm at DC right now. We'll, we'll, we'll get to you. And uh, yeah. it's cool. I'm genuinely very curious to see what James Gunn does after Guardians 3 because remember like pre-Infinity War there were rumors that like James Gunn was going to get this really big promotion and sort of act as like 
not as all powerful, but like the second step behind Kevin Feige, but for cosmic Marvel projects. Hmm. Interesting. That was a big rumor uh, for a while before he was fired. And I wonder if he would do that, you know, like maybe there's still bitter feelings, but it seems like he's come around money's money, you know, like oh, yeah. I, I would be happy if he stuck around, even if it wasn't for guardians, but yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of having his presence around and just giving feedback. It, it's similar to how, like, Dave Filoni and John Favreau sort of work uh, together with mm-hmm. The Mandalorian and Star Wars in general going forward, um, like Star Wars TV. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be cool. For sure. And finally, in the Scissor Reel, we end off once again with the Fantastic Four logo. Uh, worth noting... For every year we've just run through, there are multiple projects early in the year, summer, and fall slash winter. For 2023, we have earlier in the year, summer, no late summer, no fall, no winter project, but we do end with Fantastic Four. So, maybe 2023? I I think it has to be. Like, I'd be surprised if this was 2024. That seems super far away. And, mm-hmm. um... It seems like that would be the end of Phase 4. Like, yeah. this would be the new Avengers 1. Like, if, if Phase 4 is, like, the restart phase, then Fantastic Four would be Avengers in 2012, right? Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that has that would have to be 2023. 2024 just seems like an unnecessary amount of time to make an MCU movie. Yeah, especially when there's been a... Na- well, Blade. <laughs> so Sure. Um... Which was notably absent from here. We do know, though, Kevin Feige said Blade is the first Phase 5 project. Whoa, um, I didn't know that. That's, that's that's good to know. Yeah, which I wonder, Jack, go with me here. What if Fantastic Four is, like, August, let's say, of 23? Yeah. Maybe maybe July, okay? Because July is a better... July 4th, Fantastic Four, there you go, writes itself. Yeah, Totally. What if Phase 5 starts in 2023 with Blade releasing in October? That's such a quick turnaround, huh? Well, I I believe, I think I heard, like, I read something recently where I guess Blade was supposed to start shooting this year, but it got pushed to early 22. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, they're really churning these things out, huh? I I was thinking, I was like, are they going to, like, almost double the total amount of... No, that's not possible double the total amount of mcu projects by the end of like phase four because <laughs> like they have so many shows and movies coming out we just like listed off a litany of just the movies and there's there's mm-hmm. a ton of like she hulk ms marvel hawkeye loki like there's so many uh disney plus projects that are coming out the wakanda it's it's wild yeah and like there's so many more we don't know about too like i just i there's a lot of time (laughs) and a lot of projects to be covering so i i'm excited i'm still waiting i think we talked about this somewhat recently too like i just want to see kevin feige on a stage again announcing a slate because i know we're not through phase four yet but it feels like it's been so long since we've had just an announcement about a bunch of projects you know yeah, when do you think that would be for Phase 5? Because next year is the closest possible Comic-Con could be next summer. Mm-hmm. 
That will yeah. probably happen. Um, I don't think we'd get a Phase 5 announcement then, though, right? Like, wouldn't that be too yeah. soon? I, I think so, unless there's, like, just an update on stuff like Secret Invasion and some of the shows. But, like, mm. if we want proper Phase 5, we look at this lineup, right? Guardians 3 is the last dated project. That's May 5th, 23. Yeah. Let's say Fantastic Four is the final Phase 4 movie, and that's July of 23 for mm-hmm. funsies. Uh, Comic-Con would be happening between Guardians 3 and Fantastic Four, I believe, for that year. So maybe 2023 is the Phase 5 announcement slate, but... That sounds right. Yeah, it's so far away. When was the Serpent Society... Nah, just kidding. It's called Civil War. When was that? I want to say it was after Winter Soldier came out, so between 2014-2015, I think. Okay. That, man, that's, that's smack dab in the middle of a phase. Yeah, because Phase oh, well, 4 was announced in 2019. Mm-hmm. So okay yeah it would probably be 2023 maybe next year but more likely 2023 Mm -hmm. well uh any final thoughts on the upcoming slate any things unsaid about what we got refreshed on new dates new titles anything to expect from phase four moving forward um phase four i think in terms of like sheer quantity is the biggest phase in the mcu yeah um and I understand people, maybe some people being like, yeah, I'm going to be marveled out. Um, right now, I don't feel that way. I'm looking at all these, and I'm super excited, especially to see all of these in the theater. And I think I'm hopeful that Marvel will strike a really good balance of having the theater experience, but then differentiating that with the at-home Disney Plus experience. Um, and I think both will be really great supplements for each other. And I think drawing a line in the sand of being like, these are different. They're, they still like are cohesive enough to be in the same universe and to build mm-hmm. off of each other. Um, but sort of drawing the line in the sand of being like, you go to the movie experience for this particular project, you stay at home and you have the week by week experience for this particular project. Um, and I think that will be a good way of, of, you know, not having that fatigue with the MCU. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this this just has me more excited. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, like, I do see that idea a lot of, like, people being like, oh, I thought it was done after Endgame. And I did see some people see this hype thread of a, a trailer and then sort of have a bit of a turnaround, right? And I, I think it's like what we talked about last week, too. People have been saying the Marvel bubble is going to burst for, like, or just the superhero bubble period is going to burst for, like, since Amazing Spider-Man 1 came out, right? You know? Yeah. I feel like if it's would have happened, it would have happened at this point. And specifically with all these projects, like, look at the variety in terms of genre and, like, what you're going to expect out of this, right? Like, the Marvels versus Thor Love and Thunder versus Doctor Strange 2, like, those tonally are going to be completely different from each other. So I think that does help it a lot, too yeah absolutely um but yeah this i'm just they got me again and they always will mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm just excited yeah so that is the updated phase four thing right now for fun i'm just listing the shows i know that we're getting because i wanted to see like if seeing all of them together is going to make me feel tired so far it's not <laughs> but 
anything you want to shout out, Jack, as we sign off this week, where can people find you? Sure. You can follow me on social media at Fascinated Jack. Uh, Christian, Kevin, and our friend Omar have a podcast called The Long Play Club. And we just finished Act 4, which is the penultimate act of Metal Gear Solid 4. And we are working on Act 5 right now. So if you want to talk about that game, we've had some very divisive conversations, very split. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I think it's one of the more interesting conversations we've had about the series because um, not all of us skew in one particular viewpoint of the game. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a really interesting conversation. So if you want to check that out, if you like that game, if you hate that game, come check out and see what we have to say about it. What about you, Christian? Sure, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, probably talking or streaming about Marvel, uh, at chun2d2. So we'll see youtube.com slash joyclicks for the video version of Excelsior in its playlist under our playlist section next to all of our other podcasts, like the Long Play Club, uh, Gamescast, Jedi Knights, and I'll shout this out as well. Uh, coming up soon, we are doing our second induction into the Joyclicks Hall of Game, where we present cases for games we believe should be uh hall of fame material you know we got two in there right now next ceremony will be at beginning middle of june so the first one is available on the channel in a playlist there if you'd like to see what got in the first time see your arguments and get ready for the second one coming up will a marvel game be brought i don't know but i really love that spider-man we'll see what happens mm-hmm uh, if you want the audio version of the show though you can check it out on apple Podcasts, spotify your service of choice if you can rate or review the show on that given platform, it would be greatly appreciated if you did because it helps us out a ton. Five stars is just a quick tap if you enjoy the show and it helps us reach more people and celebrate Marvel and Marvel's Avengers when they do some good stuff. If you want to get involved further though, patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. The $5 tier will get you producer credit on this podcast and every podcast like Chris Sakis and Aaron Easton. So thank you very much. And that does it for marvel's avengers we'll see if i live up to my expectations and i play more of the game and this challenge mode by next week's episode uh but until then excelsior excelsior